Let's hear a little bit of that. Hey, auction here we off, go. This, this morning's practice off. was 1 now 25, would you get 50 now 75, would you get 2, 2, 2 now 25, 50, 75, would you get 3, 3, 3, dollar bid down 25. How about 50? Yep. That's just that's just what we talk to ourselves with and about in the shower everywhere. Pretty cool. much. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll so be... Wilson, I, I I was telling Carrie this morning that one of my passions these days is um, the power of practice and how it leads to proficiency. You know, yes. you guys, people look at your at what you do, and uh, they might use they might use a four letter word. I'm sorry to say this; it won't be an f bomb, but it'll be the j word, and it'll be just. Oh, you just did that. Oh. And, and so we've all experienced people who are masterful at something and you go oh wow you must be a natural talent and uh, they, there might be a gap in there uh, where they're 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 cogitating and thinking about you know if you're a guitarist um your fingers bleed and and you hate winter in the northern part of the country because your fingers crack and you, you know it's what you do right it's when uh, you wake up in the middle of the night with it with a design idea and you're fumbling for glasses and you're fumbling for paper and you're fumbling for because it's there right the muse hits you and this whole creative thing is is just mystical but somehow you've got to apply it because it doesn't magically happen without application i totally agree the word just right the four-letter word just i heard it very early in my career from a, a previous wife's uncle and he was a big business uh, owner in Southern California, and and uh, he didn't know much about our Western culture. And he said, "What do you do, kid? What what is this?" I said, "Oh, it's just a piece of metal." Whoop, ass eating right there. He gave me my first ass eating. You never ever use the word "just" when you're describing anything that you do. Mm -hmm. Never forgot it. I still do it sometimes, but I but if you don't feel like you have value, nobody else will either. And the word "just" doesn't help that perception at all yeah, so yeah. and then then you put the other four letter word out there i can't count or spell it's called talent i hate the word talent yeah because that's an assumption that i just woke up this way mm. pisses me off mm -hmm. and and uh, i'm all the time uh i'm all the time showing people uh where it is that i started and, and everybody thinks because I'm Mike Capron's son that I can just draw. Well, hell no, that, that wasn't the word at all, you know. And I still can't draw anything but scrolls, bitch shanks, and spurs, right? But that's what I draw all the time. So that's what, I, that's what I love and that's what my passion is. But if you don't get up in the morning and love what it is that you're doing and do it day in and day out, you're never going to be talented. Mm -hmm. Right. I've, right. I've got a book on my shelf by a fellow named George Leonard. And he's deceased now, but he was an Aikido practitioner, Aikido mm. being a martial art, mm -hmm. uh, and, and a bit different than the other martial arts. Um, but that's, that's a different story for a different day. And the title of the book is called Mastery. And elements of the book that I can recall in my adult aging Teflon brain that nothing sticks to uh, <laughs> are that... He talks about the importance of embracing practice as a joyful exercise yeah. and that every day, every day, every day. And you also have to embrace the plateau, right? Oh. Initially, whether we're lifting weights or drawing scrolls or mm -hmm. uh, carving leather, initially the gains come quickly. 
and you go, wow, look at mm. this, look at this, look at this. And you're inspiring yourself by your progress. But at some point that plateaus, right? That levels off. And that's, that's the moment when yep. the decision has to be made of, do I keep doing this because I don't seem to be gaining? Yep. And Leonard talks about the plateau, like, like your part of the world, you know, flat as piss on a plate. It just goes and goes and goes. And then mm. all of a sudden there's a blip. And the blip is just this momentary, momentary insight that you go, oh, there's a gain. And, and so it's not this upward trajectory like on a graph. It's this flat, 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 and then doop, little blips along the way. And those blips can come uh, both by accident. Uh, they can come as a result of paying attention to the practice. Or you've got a master, a coach. Uh, you take a course. You, it comes from somewhere. Somebody nudges you and says, huh. If you would just hold that instrument just a little bit differently and try this, uh, I can't do that. That's not comfortable. No, 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 no. Stay with mm -hmm. me here. Just try that. And uh, you go, oh, oh well, wait, well, that might be something there. And then the urging from the coach is keep doing that because we have to undo uh, in order to do and then keep moving forward. But uh, there's only so much bandwidth to, to accept. So you got to dump some off before you can pick some up. True that. Having trust too, right? A couple mm. things. Having trust in that coach. Um, do they truly know what it is that they're talking about? And, and do you trust them? Because I, I have individuals all the time in my very early career. Hey, that's good, dude. You'll never get better. Well, I don't trust them, mm. right? You don't trust that, that word. But do you trust that individual? And can you capitalize on what it is? that they're giving you and that may be dump a lot of stuff i mean i i'm definitely at that stage in my career where there's so much packed in there and i have what teflon brain nothing sticks to it is that what you were saying i got I some of that going on so it's like <laughs> i used to remember everything right yeah, like yeah. i remember the first time i learned how to sharpen a graver a certain way there's a lot of math involved in it and numbers and go this way and go that way and it stuck to my brain. Hit guy told me, Otto Carter from Abilene told me this, and professional engraver, and I was like, oh, I went home, and I couldn't wait to try it. That same type of information coming to me today is not the same. It doesn't stick quite as good. And I there's a bit of frustration of that, where in my early stages of my career, it was easy to remember. I couldn't wait to get home and try it. And, and, and now there's not quite as much new information out there to me that I haven't heard of. And so there is a bigger challenge of making that next step, at the plateau that you're talking about, right? Working through those those places. I did. Hey, Schwartzy, I yes, detect sir. something here. What do you Me and Morgan gonna talk. We're gonna talk all 30, 45 minutes. This deal, and you're never gonna get to say a word. You're gonna have to, you're gonna speak up you now. Tell everybody great. who we're talking to. We hadn't even yeah, said we that. Should, we should have a proper introduction <laughs> here. It, I was thinking that we could. I could record another little segment and tag it onto the beginning of this, and everybody would know. But no, um, nah, we got right it. out of the gate. We knew we had it. <laughs> Right out of the gate, we knew we had somebody different on here. It's not these two knuckleheads that have been talking on here for eight weeks now already, but we have none other eight? than Dr. Morgan MacArthur, longtime friend of mine. Uh, he is a doctor of veterinary medicine and uh, no longer practicing, but uh, I met him uh, the year after 
Well, let's see. It was the year that I moved to the mountains of Idaho, and you had moved to be we a part in, of a uh, consortium. 84. Some, and you had just moved to Idaho Falls mm -hmm. and uh, jumped into business yep. with a consortium of uh, veterinarians, large animal veterinarians down there. And uh, then later on, uh, I had occasion to move to the Idaho Falls area. And uh, Morgan, uh, we had kind of warmed up a relationship by that time. And, and he said, well, you need to show up at this here Toastmasters International Meeting, and uh, that was kind of the beginning of the end. <laughs> so just push pause for that just a second. And Wilson just talked about trust, right? Mm. You've got to assess. You got to assess your advisor, and whether or not they have your best interest in mind, and whether they're credible and uh, credentialed. And so my invitation to you as a as a good friend was I could see something in you that maybe you couldn't see in yourself. And I knew that this public speaking organization had been transformative for me. And so I wanted you to have some of that. And, you know, there are people who are only too happy to evangelize their ideas and beliefs in the world, hoping <laughs> to splash it around on anybody who, who will listen because their idea is a great idea. But I could see the potential there for you. Uh, knowing how it had, you know, I'm an introvert by nature, by training, not by training, but by wiring. Um, and so this had been really, really good for me. And I think you would concur that it was a really good move for you. So, uh, you know, we had trust there between the two of us. I wasn't just a stranger saying to you, hey, bud, this would be really good for you. And we've all been accosted by people like that. Um, but, you know, uh, and and then to watch you grow, that was that was just rich. Yeah. It's fun to listen to Schwartzy talk to when he will. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the nickels. You got to put nickels in. Don't you remember that? Yeah. Got to put a nickel in. No, I, that was a great experience. I will always point back to that experience in Toastmasters as a, as formative, pivotal, um, educational, mind-blowing uh, it was a four-and-a-half-year journey that probably could have constituted a, a degree in communications. And we went weekly, and every week you had a speech of some kind to deliver. Everybody in the room had a, had a role, and oftentimes it was impromptu, where, where you just had to speak extemporaneously, long word there. And um, I remember Morgan... And I, you probably don't remember this, but uh, I told you, oh. I said, I don't know where this is going, but I think it could make me a better saddle maker. Mm -hmm. And this is how it played out. I, I became more comfortable speaking in public. I improved my communication skills. And when opportunity came up for me to teach, mm -hmm. to share my story, to get up and share the story of the West. We talk about that all the time. I was prepared for that. And what does teaching do, of course? Teaching, uh, <laughs> when you have to open your mouth for, uh, you got a dog barking there, Willie? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, how am I going to mute this so I can let you talk and not interrupt? <laughs> oh, you're good. Drago, 
that dragon. the wonder mutt. The poodle's coming out in him right now. <laughs> no, it 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 uh, it really. I I've always maintained that the people that know their stuff the best are the ones that are also teaching it because they have to articulate what it is that they they're trying to teach and and so on and and so it's 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 all it's all a part of the deal so i have you to thank for that invitation and uh it was it was awesome i i enjoyed that a great deal another facet of that right so we're, we're talking about an organization and and this is not a sales pitch but it's you know it's pretty universal that people dislike public speaking because they're fearful of failure and don't want to look like a fool and I don't want to do that. And, you know, not not 20 hands go up in a room when you ask the question, who wants to give dad's eulogy, right? Uh, no, that doesn't mm -hmm. happen. But um, so you learn the, the techniques of public speaking and leadership in, in this organization. Uh, if you want to investigate it more, listeners, uh, toastmasters.org. Um, it will get you more information about this, but uh, one one phenomenal feature that is also vital to somebody's trajectory towards excellence is confidence. You know, where does mm. bloody confidence come from? And so if you can face your fear, you can face your uncertainty, and you can wrestle with that alligator, and you can win, wow, now you're transformed. Now you're on a different level. And I think um, Toastmasters is like paint. You and I, you guys and I, we go to the hardware store and we go into the paint aisle and you can get it in aerosol form um, or you can get it in a can form. And we call it paint. The people in the industry call it coatings. We're in the coatings industry. And same stuff, right? You've got a, a, you've got a, a colored medium that when applied and dried then changes changes the, the hue, the color of whatever substrate it's been applied to. So they call it coatings because it coats. So confidence is like a coating. It's not like paint. You're not covering something up, but you're, you're, you're coating everything in your life with this confidence. So yes, you became better at speaking, and yes, that made you a better teacher. But any of us that have wrestled this bloody alligator that is fear and failure and, and uncertainty and misgivings and all of that stuff, and, and we whip that bugger, um, we're more confident. We're coated in confidence, and that coating uh, covers everything that we do. Our relationships at home, our, our view of ourself, our willingness to take on new things, all of that, all of that stuff. So one of, in my mind, one of the secrets of success is face, face your fears um, go to the stretch zone, not to the panic zone. I mean, panic zone can damage people, but you know what? Try stuff and uh, fail. Sure, failure is an F word, something we all fear. The older we get, the more we dislike it. Mm -hmm. But um, get hold of it, and that'll that's a bump on your plateau. That'll lift you to the next level. Wow, that was that was a lot of talking. I'm going to tell you what. We're, we're sorry we even asked this guy on here. Would he ever I'm... shut up? <laughs> I'm just going to say this real quick. You people that are my buddies that are listening and those that want to be my buddy, y'all listen to what Morgan just said there. That's word, man. I mean, that's the deal. Um, I, Carrie knows my story, Morgan. Um, and most people that listen to me for five minutes, I'll tell them my life story real quick, right? You know, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I want to hear it, Willie. Come on. I was, I was the only one in kindergarten. 
I was the only one in kindergarten. There was um, confidence uh, there not was not a lot of. I, uh, I had the closest neighbor was five miles away. So being able to speak with people was a fear, right? Scared me to death. And at nine years old, I left this little one-room schoolhouse that had gone from nine kids to 24, which was huge, to a school that had a hallway down the middle, one hallway down the middle, and there were doors on each side of it. And kids went in and out of these doors. And so many kids I'd never seen, I'd never seen such a big congregation of people in my life. I couldn't eat for two weeks. I couldn't eat lunch for two weeks when we moved to Fort Davis. Scared me to death. Right. So uh, that was a coding that you're talking about. That was an experience of how I've overcame it. I realized that these people were people. Um, went on through all kinds of different things in life. Uh, uh, ultimately went off to college. Again, the only one in kindergarten. Didn't know a soul, but I knew I wanted to go. But because of some of those life experiences, hey, I can handle this. They're not going to eat me. Right. And, and, Confidence, I love. I absolutely love confidence. Uh, I hate arrogance. Confidence means I can do it. I can do it. Arrogance to me means I can do it better than you. Well, that's not up to me to decide whether I can do it better than you. I just know that I can do it. Can do attitude, right, Carrie? And and um, the, the, man, that 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 is a big key to just enduring and going one day after another and realizing that. This big old mean world that we face isn't going to eat us, and everybody's facing a battle, right? So, mm. hey, we can do this, and and uh, yeah, there's some challenges out there, but uh, might as well face them and get through it. What is it? The is it the what animal is it that faces a storm and walks into it? So they is it a buffalo? I think it's a the the bison, the American bison. Is that when a storm is coming towards them, they actually walk towards the storm and walk through it. So they actually get through the storm faster than the rest of us that run from it. Because the storm's still going to get you. It's still coming. Well, that reminds me of a quote from Winston Churchill. It says, if you're going through hell, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> Don't stop. Well, the other part of that, Willie, is that when they're going into the wind, then they're going to, they'll eventually get to shelter. On sure. the downwind side of shelter, say a rock or gully or something like that. So you, you'll you'll find thing. shelter. If you go downwind, you're probably not going to find shelter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, there's a lot of a lot of things in life that have created this confidence. And uh I got into the TCA saying a little thing. I don't know why I said it all the time, but at that point I was saying it. Carrie remembers it and says Said, I may be stupid, but I ain't scared, Carrie. So here we go. Let's just jump off into it and see what happens, right? <laughs> and uh, I was scared. I was scared to death, truth be known. But might as well jump in, see what happens. You know, we'll that's survive. such an empowering story because people can look at you guys at your stage of, uh, and you're at your level, right? Mm. And say, wow, wow. They're so talented. <laughs> but yeah, but the but the welcoming statement is, you know what? I I too had and I too have insecurities, yeah, and yeah. I'm human too, and yeah. so that's so welcoming and so uh, inspiring. And that vulnerability is is a key piece of a leadership program that we teach up here in Wisconsin. Is is you know, I, I tell people about public speaking that the best thing you can do is be yourself. 
Absolutely. Uh, and then with a the little asterisk and there's a little footnote there that says, but before you can be yourself, you got to find yourself. Mm -hmm. um, then you be yourself and then you share yourself. And so that's where you're at, right? You guys are teachers and inspirers and leaders. Um, good on you. Well, and finding yourself is, is a journey too, right? Mm -hmm. so it can be. And uh, yeah. there, there's, uh, we must tell the whole story here, Schwartzy. I, <laughs> <laughs> there was... The previous I'm marriage. All ears. Uh, <laughs> well, the previous marriage was um, ended, right? And 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 we're all still friends and cordial, and everything's good there. But uh, it ended with me going to Al-Anon for a year after we divorced, and and uh, working the twelve steps. And so you walk in that room pretty convinced that you're the the worst story in the whole room, right? You got the worst thing in the whole wide world, and you leave an hour later going. Holy shit, I'm glad I'm not that guy. I couldn't have lived with that at all, right? And and so you you learn that there's a lot of other people out there facing some really bad things in the world and and we're all in it together. We can all face this. We can um you know, well you have a choice. Uh either either make changes and and that didn't mean divorce, right? That wasn't what the Al-Anon was about for me, but but uh, it meant that I can be happy regardless of what's going on in life and and I can I can handle this situation and I promise you there was a lot of confidence built in me because at the end of that journey I had learned how to find myself I learned who I was I learned what my purpose was did it save my marriage no but but uh, that's okay right I mean we all we all have a path in life with our with our higher power and. Uh, away we went and 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 it and at the end of that little not the end of it because it never stopped for me it still goes on but it it's like hey we're okay i can handle this and and uh confidence right that's that's what it's all about yep yes sir short are you typing i hear you thumping on something in that there. was me oh that was me. And, and so you know your your reveal of alanon i just typed to you um public chat is i've got a 15 year alanon story too oh there you go yeah, yeah. so you know secret handshake yeah secret handshake <laughs> well and you know and that is a secret deal right a lot of, you don't you see somebody in the grocery store you're going to meetings with and, and you're not supposed to say hey glad to see you from alanon right yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> a lot of a lot of friends don't want that known I, i'm an open book right it, yeah. it's is I, I share my vulnerabilities. Uh, I want to, me and Carrie talk about the word safe a lot, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Be safe around me. I don't care where you've been, what you've done. Yeah. I'm probably, you know, I, I've seen or done just as bad as everybody else. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, God still loves me and away we go. We'll be fine. We do a session and this, this little leadership program that I referenced is a, a it's a county leadership program. And uh, got 18 people in the cohort, and we meet once a month for nine months. And at the midpoint, we have a session called Authentic Leadership. And the invitation is for people to bring what we call their crucible story, right? It's the turning point story. This happened mm -hmm. to me. This is what, you know, it's, it's the, the Al-Anon formula. This is the way it was. This is what happened, and this is where I am today. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty scary stuff. It's like prancing around the room in front of strangers in your swimming suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, but by the end of the session, nobody cares that it's a speedo or not. They just, mm -hmm. they, you know, big deal. Uh, yeah. And that changes the entire uh, the entire mood and the link in the room. 
some people opt out, right? Some and fair enough. I respect that mm. completely. But uh, you hear some amazing stories, and the humans that we are yeah. are shaped by all of the stuff that happens to us, and more importantly, our perception of those things. Uh, yeah. you, we all know people who've escaped the gravitational pull of their circumstances, and you go, "How the hell did you get out of there and be mm. like that?" Probably the extreme for me once was I met an Auschwitz survivor and I was explaining to him my little version of hell. And, and I didn't know at the time he, you know, mid seventies at the time. And he had this, this tattoo on his forearm under this forest of hair. And, and I said, what's that, what's that tattoo there, Saul? And he said, that's my pen number. And I said, what? And, and he said one word, Auschwitz. And he told stories, right? I asked mm. him to, and he told stories. And it's amazing to me how people can come out um, of that stuff. So yeah. everybody's got a story. There was a a rodeo was going on last weekend. It was the last. It was the last performance, and the last night, the the shootout, since shootout, they had a a World War Two vet, hundred a hundred years old. And, and, uh, he had, he had been, he'd been captured and, uh, Iwo Jima, he, he, he flew behind the lines before, before the, the regular forces hit two or three days before he got captured went and got in and got, went into a camp at 175 pounds, came out 75 pounds mm. and uh, rock and roll. Right. You know? And so me and Katie, my wife, Katie and I talked a lot about it. She says, how, you know, we're worried about the small little details we have to do in the day and that man endured and did and overcame and we can too right if you have a mind to not what happens to you in life it's how you it's how you um deal with it right how you respond wow shorty shorty we, we got to talking again you ain't said nothing i'm sorry <laughs> no, Gosh, I love it. I love we're it. plumbing the depths here boys <laughs> shorty talked about his story last week morgan about uh not playing basketball about playing basketball and uh, and having to face some challenges there that was kind of interesting we don't have to go back all the way through it but you've probably heard it but you know it was probably we all got a, right that was a toastmaster speech one once upon a time i think i wove that into into something of course uh before we leave the toastmasters story there uh, i wanted to mention also when i was a part of that club which would have been like 92 to 97 something like that and Morgan, and I believe it was 1994, became the international Toastmaster champion speaker. Wow. So this is not just the United States. This is an international organization. Wasn't it in Toronto? And it, yeah. it was structured like most competitions. You win your local, regional, district, whatever. And Morgan huh. ascended clear to the very top of the heap in Toastmasters International mm -hmm. while I was in and that. That's club. why in our kitchen we don't have chairs at the table. We've got bleachers because I've talked the legs off all of the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I was an awesome experience uh, to, to see you um, run run the gauntlet all the way to the very top. And that was that was awesome, <clears throat> but uh, thank you. But that whole club that was, awesome. was a, a really really high functioning club. I would have to say I I showed up there with with uh, you know nuclear physicists and hospital administrators and and uh, 
all white collar. I was the only blue collar guy. I'd show up with boots and a hat and, and I was kind of a novelty there, but that was another one of those things that really, really, um, I, I just held my own. I just found a way to hold my own in, in a, in a group where, where, uh, it was, it was a tremendous challenge, but, uh, Talk about comfort zone, getting outside of your comfort zone, which is uh, you know you can you thing. can say what you want about other people's business cards, right? Nuclear physicists and hospital administrators and and all of that stuff. But um, those are those are business cards, and you brought a brain as big as anybody's with a depth of creative insight that would be the envy of anybody in that room right deep deep thinker spend a lot of time uh, by yourself with your little dog jess and you're you're working with leather and you're you're just in that thinking zone all the time and so you held your own and you know once once you kind of got your legs under you how this thing goes um, then, you know, what you brought to that conversation, we all benefited from. It was really, really, really good. I remember one speech I did there that I'll always remember. It's, uh, I'd gone in 1995, I'd gone to a livestock handling clinic with Bud Williams. And, uh, some in our audience has probably heard of him. He's, uh, it was sold to me by a cousin of mine who was uh, a buckaroo at the time, says, you need to be at this clinic in Blackfoot, Idaho. And uh, he said, this guy, and I'd never heard of him before, Bud Williams from up in uh, it, near Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, I think it was. Anyway, he, he was doing this clinic. He said, These, this guy is the Ray Hunt of cows. Oh, cool. So we were running cattle at the time, and I was trying to figure out how to do some... <clears throat> intensive grazing practices and stuff like that so so i went to this clinic and then i repackaged the information and made a speech at toastmasters and afterwards uh, there were people that came up to me and said you need to repackage this and make this for people hmm. same principles applied yeah. it's all pressure you know pressure and release and mm -hmm. paying attention to what it is where is this flight zone know your audience i mean personnel management, all of the same things would apply. Um, so I, I brought a measure of novelty to the group and, and it was kind of fun. So, yeah. But there's something I wanted to bring up too. We, we talked about safety and mm -hmm. it's important to have a safe zone to go to, but we're also talking about getting outside your comfort zone, getting out mm -hmm. outside of the safety zone. Wilson and I talked about this, I think, earlier in the week. So when is it, when do we have to have a safe zone and when do we have to need to get outside of that safe zone? Mm -hmm. I think of when three circles, right? Um, this is a, this is a poster that I make for, uh, and the centermost circle is the comfort zone. Right. That's that's what we where we all like to live. And a lot of that's historical. Right. It's where we've come from. But that comfort zone doesn't expand at all until we go to the edge of it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and there's you know, there, there's an old farmer in New Zealand once that said uh, you're you're either living on the edge or you're taking up space. 
So, you know, the, the hmm. edge of the comfort zone is where the growth actually happens. Uh, and, and the circle that, that is beyond that, the next ripple on the pond is, is the, is the stretch zone. And, oh boy, I'm not too sure about this. Not too sure. Um, so the stretch zone really is a, is a great place to train ourselves and accustom ourselves and encourage ourselves and others to go. You know, it, it may take someone to say, come on, take the leap. You're going to be okay. So that's safety. You're going to be okay. You're not going to be eaten. You're not going to die. Um, but beyond that is the panic zone. And that's the third circle is the, is the Bloomin panic zone. And, you know, people that have, have been traumatized um, or, or it's too much, then they're never going to want to go there again. Right. So the thing we want to do is live in the stretch zone and, and escape the confines or, or, or grow um, that comfort zone. Because once we uh, accommodate to it, right. So, um, Wilson's scroll designs, right? Um, they, they, they become this, this is the deal or Carrie's lovely floral patterns. This is the deal. And it becomes trademark and it becomes comfort. Uh, but at some point we got to ask ourselves, huh, what else, what else can mm -hmm. I try? And where's that going to come from? Is that going to come from up here or are we going to be able to look broader into other fields of design or metallurgy and uh, try a different leather and, and say, huh, maybe, maybe not. And, and maybe not when you first start. But then the reminder for all of us is, you know, first time is usually a screw up anyway. Yeah. I've got a friend who's a, a, a an elite sort of woodworker fella, a museum quality sort of woodworker here in my little hometown. And he says, man, I got a whole basement full of designer firewood. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, uh, we, we can't be afraid to screw up. Uh, no. That's the stretch zone, uh, because then you might get that little blip on the plateau. Otherwise, you're on the bloody plateau and, and stay there long enough and you're probably going backwards and you don't even realize it. Yeah, true that. True you that. No, lots of people stuck. Yeah. And, and, and every individual cow, horse, or human dog has different panic zones, right? Different stretch zones, different, like the old special forces kid. He, he probably is more comfortable in the panic zone than he is anyplace else, right? Living on the extreme edges of life where there's some of the rest of us that what we learned in kindergarten was pretty cool and that first grade sucks. So let's just stay in kindergarten. Right. And that's okay too. Some, some individuals I have close friends that I, I don't mean to label them that way, but uh, their panic zone is certainly not the same place as mine. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. To each his own. Yeah. Yeah. To each his own and be supportive. But it carry, isn't that where we're at giving critiques, right? Is, is we're reading that individual trying to decide where their panic, where their stretch mm. is, right? Take them to a stretch, but but don't take them to panic because panic runs them off and you lose friends and all kinds of really bad things. But if we can stretch them just enough to make them feel encouraged and excited about stretching, then that's a good thing, right? And uh, reading every individual is a bit of a challenge sometimes. Because they're animals, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're Humans are two-legged animals. That's right. I, I've got a poster that I make that says humans are. I, used, I just used this in a training I did yesterday. Humans are emotional and and some of us males are, are taken aback by that hang on you're telling me i'm emotional well you know what there's a 
a spectrum of emotions, right? Every feeling we have, whether it's happy, sad, angry, fearful, surprised, all of that is, is emotion. So we're, this, we're just this bucket full of, of emotions. Mm. Humans are irrational. Uh, anytime we've, we've looked at somebody's behavior and said, what were you thinking? Uh, well, chances are they weren't, right? There was a disconnect between their thinking brain and their feeling brain. Um, humans are history shaped. So we all are, uh, you, you've come from the only kid in kindergarten. That's a shaping sort of uh, instance. It's become, you know, sort of part of your signature, right? Part sure. of your signature story. So mm. we're all shaped by our history. And Wilson, you referenced, um, I saw a t-shirt on a guy in Seattle at the airport one time. He had a ketchup stain right here. I didn't pay too much attention to that. But the t-shirt said in big letters, be kind, period, be kind, period. And in smaller letter, it said, um, for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle that you know yeah. nothing about. Yeah. Right? So we're history Absolutely. shaped. Uh, we're convenience craving. Here's another four letter word for you. Easy. Yeah. We want easy. Uh, as a veterinarian, I worked in the pharmaceutical industry overseas for 10 years. And, and when we would come up with formulations of dewormers for cattle and sheep, the thing people want is easy. Make it easy to apply. Make it so I don't have to give it a lot. Uh, make mm. it easy. So we're convenience craving. Um, we are reward seeking. Every one of us wants a reward. And it comes in many forms, whether it's a Twinkie, um, whether it's a six pack, uh, it might be a shot of heroin. Um, it, mm. it might be gambling. It might be any of these things, but we are hardwired for reward. Uh, and the last thing is that we're meaning making machines. Everything that occurs to a human becomes a story. And Wilson, you've sort of, in, a, in an obtuse sort of way, you've referenced it, right? We have a choice on how we tell that story. What mm -hmm. just happened to you? Uh, what story am I telling myself about that, that experience? So all of those make us just this really complex piece of protoplasm. You know, we're just this blob of protein that, protein and bones that, um, is really complicated. So that, that makes it both challenging and um, thrilling to watch transformation happen, both within ourselves and other people. Absolutely. So, Schwartz, you talked about something yesterday when we were, we were talking about that book. Um, there is no plan B for your A game. Mm -hmm. And and uh, well, I'll let you discuss. But that, that's the key element to me, Carrie. what you're going to say here, I, if you know what I'm talking about, is, uh, is, is how we endure and keep going through all this stuff. But go off on that. Well, Wilson uh, sent me a link to audi audi Audible. First mm -hmm. time I've subscribed. I guess I'm I'm going to blame you for that. For another, <laughs> another, another expenditure. Showing up on my credit card. Dang it. You don't, you don't have to read now. You just listen. So it's good. <laughs> so uh, Bo Eason. What's the name of the book? There is no plan B or something. There's like no. Yeah, there's no plan B for your A game. Okay. That's what it is. So I'm about halfway through it already. And, uh, but, but. The thing that's this Bo Eason. I don't have you read the book Morgan? Ever heard no. of it? Uh -uh. I just wrote it. Yeah, down. it's it's kind of all in the same category of of uh, you know, I suppose broadly speaking uh, self help books that kind of thing, which I bathed in mm -hmm. for pretty much my whole life in one way or another. But anyway, he talks about 
having a 20-year goal, um, which to me is one of the biggest takeaways of what he has to say is you've got all these things that mostly we've heard about. Well, you have to do A, B, C, D. Here's your checklist. Here's here's your actionable items, you know, at the end of each chapter and so on and so forth. But the thing that's so striking is what how the long view came into the picture at a very young age for him, and he became a, an NFL football player and an award-winning playwright and actor after his NFL career. And now out there and speaking and motivational speaking and writing books and having seminars and so on. But that long view of what what it is uh, you're doing, what you're setting your hand to is, is so, so significant. And which brings up another thing, Morgan and I were talking before we got started here. Um, uh, this I just picked up on, on the book there yesterday. Um, he said, when you watch Usain Bolt run, what is, it's not like he's running faster necessarily than everybody. He is decelerating at a slower rate than everybody else. Now think about this and what I just said as far as a 20-year goal. And here Morgan and I are in our 60s. Wilson, he's knocking on the door of 50. So Tapers, how do you make creepers. this a marathon? <laughs> and, and, and to me, that, that's, that's my new mantra. What I'm trying to do now is decelerate at a slower rate than I would otherwise. Yep. And, and so the challenge is how, how the do long you do term. that? How do you do that? And uh, hmm. we we could spend all day on what what are the things. Morgan, what's your? How do you? How are you decelerating at a slower rate? Five minutes. I think there are. Yeah, five <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> uh, so many facets to that, right? Learning, uh, fitness attitude hmm. uh your choice of there's a t-shirt that says we are the average of our five closest friends mm -hmm. so who we choose who we choose to be with we can't alter our history the two sides i have a, a little speech i do called the card trick that i i jotted just it was very spontaneous and i jotted <clears throat> people's names on one side of a of a five by seven card it was i was inspired by a surprise telephone call from a person i had admired in idaho falls hadn't heard from him in 15 years picked up the phone was inspired by a call from a hero a person who i thought was beyond my social and intellectual grasp but i had admiration for him that sparked me i'm a calligrapher so i like fancy handwriting had a neat little pen in my hand and a blank card and stream of consciousness. I wrote these people's names on the card. And the scientist in me analyzed when that side of the card was full. I said, huh, that's interesting. Two things were immediately obvious. One, that list was unique to me. And two, um, that list was my life. Right. So we're shaped by our history. We're, we're impacted by people, uh, good or bad, who are in our history. And that was just remarkable. And I put those people in three categories. One was in um, one was role models, these these hero types that may or may not uh, 
have ever crossed our paths, but we've seen them. Athletes and musicians frequently cite their role mm-hmm. models. Um, but encouragers was a big fat part of the of the list because we don't forget when people encourage us. We don't forget when people say positive things to us. And in today's world, uh, and humans are hardwired for negativity, negativity bias. So when somebody says something genuine and nice to us, we don't forget them. And the third category is butt kickers. You know, somebody who's who's been unafraid to to put the relationship on the line because they're going to put our their boot in our butt and say, you know what, you're, you're better than that. You are better than that. And when they kick us in the ass, uh, man, we don't like that. And we may or may not ever get over that. But at some point, maybe it's maybe it's a month, maybe it's a week, maybe it's a day, maybe it's 10 years. Uh, we'll look back and say, oh, thank you for that. So um, that's all history, right? On that side of the card, flip it over, it's blank. And that's our choice. So uh, you said, how do you, how do we decelerate less? I think it's some of that is the choices of who we opt to learn from and socialize with and be around. Um, so Wilson has referenced Al-Anon. You're in a crowd of people uh, who have something very special and unique, and you're in a safe environment with these people, and we're all helping each other. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we can align ourselves with the right kinds of people, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, I was involved with um, a substance abuse recovery program only on the fringes as an educator here in this little county in Wisconsin where I'm talking to you from. And uh, preventing relapses is a huge deal. You know, the, the when when alcohol opioids, methamphetamine, any of these get get their hooks in, into people, it's so bloody difficult to extract ourselves from. So people go through a 28-day rehab program and they come out clean, right? And, and hopefully with a new template. Um, but what do they do? They go back and they hang with their old friends and what happens, right? Relapse. So we all have choices of the people that we choose to put on our Christmas card list. And... Um, I think that's part of it, and taking care of our our machine, this 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 beautiful biological machine that we live in, have to live in, decelerate less. Um, Father Time's gonna gonna get us one way or the other, but I don't care about the quantity of my life, but I do care about the quality of my life, and I can I can choose to do things that are still within my stretch zone, but not panic zone, to um, to maintain this machine. Uh, and then lifelong learner. Yep, stuff doesn't stick to my Teflon brain like it used to, but I just thrill at learning new things and staying curious. Mm. You know, just be curious. I mean, for each of you guys to do what you do, my my curiosity about about your ease with with your respective mediums and your tools that's that's cool and i'm not going to use the word just because i know what it's taken to make that look easy but i just i just marvel at what you can do to create texture and dimension and illusion in otherwise smooth surfaces whether it's silver or whether it's it's the hide of of an animal that's gone through this process it's just delicious and it's a mystery to me so to stay curious to stay fit 
um, and to stay with you know, in alignment with the right people to me is to decelerate at a slower rate than look at our peers, right? Go to your high school class reunion and look around. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the list starts to get shorter. Um, and second of all, you see people that are either naive or don't care. Um, and the, the, this, this machine that we live in is, is so forgiving, right? You look at people who just absolutely abuse themselves and you think, how are you still alive? Mm. Um, both in terms of, of their attitude and, and their, their, just their fitness level, but you know, it's, it's good until about 70 and then, and then the wheels are going to come off. If you, if you, if you neglect it, you know, what, what is it? Is there something biblical? It says three score and 10. Is that, is that the design spec for the body um, in our life? Three score and 10. So 70 mm -hmm. years old, take care of ourselves and decelerate less there. Yeah. Five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think he read the book, <laughs> Willie. Didn't he? Yeah. He just listed off. I haven't finished the book, but it, it sounds like they're on the same page to me. Yeah, it's the exact same. In the yeah. book, he, you know, he, the people around him and, and, um, you know, we, we do have a, we don't know what our time is here, right? We, like mm -hmm. you said, Morgan, the, the quality is important, but the quantity we're, it's out of our control is yeah. the quantity of life we'll have. And, and he talks a little, he doesn't say it in those words in the book, but, uh, it is, it is, uh, all you have is today and maximize those efforts out of it for the long-term goal. Right. It's like yeah. we were talking yesterday, Morgan, uh, Schwartz and I, but it's like, I'm an impatient guy, right? Let's go, 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 go. But one thing I don't talk about is, is the long-term goal is always there I, I made my decision or the decision was made for me to be a bit and sperm maker there's no question in my mind what i'm gonna do tomorrow i'm gonna be a bit and sperm maker i'm not looking over the fence to change that i'm damn sure looking over the fence to see how i can make it better though right mm. i'm constantly doing that uh, as as how are we gonna make this better and so decelerate well yes as we talked about age i'm not 50 yet very close but uh at 49 but it's man i'm still accelerate accelerating like i the hell with decelerating i'm pushing the boundaries i gotta go because if this is where if i'm gonna start decelerating now that 70 is gonna be pretty bleak right i gotta, <laughs> I gotta make it better i got some stuff to pay for first oh well but, you know, so in, in, the, from... in the spirit of that conversation it's it's this conversation is enriching right i i feel more full just for mm. talking with you guys first of all it's, it's safe space second of all who knows what we're going to talk about but but sure. it's it's rich because you're deep thinkers and um yeah i'm better off for having this conversation thank you ditto buddy ditto yeah well that's that's uh one of the reasons why we got this launch it's kind of our weekly therapeutic session and and uh oh yeah but ah. we're recording this and <laughs> and uh if anybody yeah. else can benefit from our world, ramblings, right? then, then that's awesome. So uh, if we can just yeah. overcome the technological challenges of actually getting it done. <laughs> well, no, I, I think I, one of the things that I wanted to mention before we kind of put a, put a wrap on it here, Morgan, you, I think, very effectively reconciled 
those those two dynamics we talked about earlier the safety but also getting outside your comfort zone that if you step into that stretch zone there has to be some mm-hmm. semblance some some kind of a sense of safety that i'm not going to die in this stretch zone mm-hmm. that's where safety and that's where uh we've talked about it i think on this podcast before that i would call it right on the edge of our abilities is where that stretch zone mm-hmm. is the energy happens right on the edge of your abilities and so if you're challenging yourself you you get that little and and you overcome maybe even a, if only a very very small personal victory something uh, small right there you get a little bit of a dopamine hit that that throws a stick or two on your fire and and motivates you to expand that stretch zone mm-hmm. larger get your bandwidth growing and growing and growing that is is i mean it's i i get what willie's saying uh decelerate that's kind of a negative way of thinking about it but mm. but it but it actually from a 60 something perspective you you yeah. look at that and yeah it it will decelerate i'm just trying to hold that that old man off as long as i can and uh but holding that Absolutely. off starts way one, back one piece in your of that younger that, years. Yeah. Uh, a piece of, of that, when we're in that stretch zone, there's uncertainty there because uh, it may be unfamiliar, it may be uncomfortable, it may be on many things. And I think about a story about when I was getting ready to leave New Zealand to return to America, to come back to my home state of Wisconsin. And um, when I was down there, I was doing a lot of athletic stuff. I was training for triathlons, uh, big ones. And I had a young fellow that I used to work with. Uh, We worked together and I knew on this weekend that was going to be the last time I would see this young fella. And we used to run together. We used to go on training runs together. And he was uh, 20 years younger than me, 15, 20 years younger. So when it comes to athletic performance and fitness, 20 years is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so we went out on this training run and both of us were sort of type A when it came to, to achievement that way. And we're out on a run and this young guy is hurting me. He is making me suffer. And um, I'm thinking, geez, I don't know how long I can hang on here. This hurts. But I would not let him know that, of course. <laughs> um, but, man, I was, I, it was all I could do. Uh, but knowing in my mind this was going to be the last go. Um, and I chose to reframe that suffering. I chose to reframe that suffering to say, you know what? Um, you know, it's like the Marine Corps says, uh, pain is weakness leaving the body. Uh, but I was, I was suffering, but this is going to be the last go with this kid. And I decided to make it a smile on my face deal and, and enjoy every step and every breath. And you know what? It was remarkable and it was a teachable moment. Uh, that was, oh golly, how many years ago? 20, 23 years ago. And even today, when I go into a space and a place that feels really stretchy and maybe uncomfortable, we always have the option to reframe that. 
we always have the option to reframe and, and see that in a different way, change the conversation that doesn't say, uh, this sucks, but instead, what am I going to learn from this? And it might be, don't ever do this again. Uh, or it might be, there's a benefit on the other side of this discomfort that is, that is um, strength, a lesson, helping somebody, somebody else. But it's always the opportunity to reframe that stretchy conversation that, that is a positive, not a negative. So, so what if I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take this even, even one step further is uh, on those lines is once you get accustomed to that stretchy and you will, right? As you, as you, you, you become accustomed to what's going on there and there is a lot of adrenaline and excitement and energy that comes out of being in that place. So we talked about stretching yourself to a place to where we know we're going to survive, but it's a little difficult. Once you get to the accomplishing things of when you start it, you're not sure you're going to survive, but you do survive at the end of it and you accomplish what you set out to be. That is a drug in itself that can take you to places that now all of a sudden regular ordinary life is not exciting. And, and there's some warning signs in that as well, right? Is, is that uh, you, I think there's a, some of that in special forces, military type people. My, my dad, Vietnam vet was a big hunter before, before Vietnam. And, and this sounds extremely cruel, but it, it, it kind of goes back to some of the deals. Once you've hunted things that hunted you back, it's not so fun to hunt a good old deer right it's there's not excitement in that and and uh, my tca pieces carry wasn't sure i was going to be able to survive those challenges and especially as i got started well now that i've experienced most of the challenges not all and i'm i'm always looking for the next stretch but you experienced some of those challenges and you survived them you accomplished the goal and there were some failures involved in there too but i did survive them right is that that this is Please don't miss just I'm not disrespecting our military or anything like that because that is life threatening. But but my little bit and spur pieces, they're not life threatening. But I promise you, as I'm sitting at the bench, I'm like, holy cow, I could totally ruin myself here if I don't accomplish what it is. And you do finish it and you accomplish it. Man, what a cool thing. And, and finding that next stretch can be challenging after that. Right. Because you've pushed the envelope pretty dang far. So. I think that's important too, and that's part of creativity and some things, the challenges that we face. But, but, uh, yeah, there, 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 there is a reward of surviving some of those career-threatening situations. I'll put it that way: not life-threatening, but career-threatening. And <laughs> I've had to get, a, I've had to. I was in ICU a few times, Morgan, with some of the mistakes I made in the bit and spur world. My, my oh. culture was not real proud of me. <laughs> All right, I'm learning. It's all good. That sounds Forgive like me. a sharp instrument meeting a soft, uh, some soft tissue. Yes, I, <laughs> I was bleeding for a while, but uh -huh. it's all good. <laughs> well, Mr. Schwartz had one of those too with a post. Oh yeah, yeah I've had a yeah. few of those. No, Wilson, you you just described an addiction. It is an addiction, is it not? Mm -hmm. And and in that stretchy zone, as Morgan says, that stretchy zone can be addicting. And, uh, but, uh, 
it could be taken too far and it and it becomes kind of takes on a life of its own in some sense but but if we like anything like any addiction i think it needs to be brought into perspective and managed properly and uh get those ducks to line out in a row and as it were i think mm. then it becomes a very very positive lifelong thing and hopefully will help me decelerate at a slower rate yeah. so well gentlemen uh yes we got to get off here and go clock in willie and morgan what do you got going today i am um so my newest my newest thrill is auctioneering <laughs> that's cool so, oh we didn't get much of that only well, a little bit yeah but auction I've got that a mentor. hat off Auction off Willie's hat. I've got a mentor now. So uh, so I've been flailing and failing and, and sputtering along and realized that if I get asked to do these charity auctions and I, I bring this Toastmasters thing into the mix, right? We bring all of our experience into whatever it is that we do. And I realized, golly, first of all, I better get a license. And second of all, I better get a mentor. And so I, I found a person who's lives in the same county that I do, who's a state champion auctioneer, and I asked her to go to coffee one day. And she said, happy to do that. And so I made the approach and I said, I need a mentor for auctioneering and told her a little bit of my Toastmasters background. And she said, huh? She said, I wish there was an advanced form of Toastmasters around. And I said, there is. And she said, where is it? And I said, right here at this table. <laughs> I said, I'll, I'll give you some if you'll give me some. And look, we've we've built the trust, and we work together now. Uh, I more as an announcer or item describer, and she'll sell it. And we work like she's the lead singer in a band, and I'm the backup singer, and it just rocks. It's just something to, it's just a lovely thing. And we raise money for charity. It's it's always benefit auctions, and so we have one today. And I'm going to go back up to my hometown next week, and I have one for a local uh, college campus in my hometown of 12,000 people and for raising money for scholarships. And I asked her to come along, and I haven't yet told anybody in the audience that the mentor is coming. So the lead singer is coming along, and it is just going to be a thrill uh, to turn mm. the ponies loose on that deal. That's cool. Yeah, That's really good. Telling the story, right? A lot of yep. different ways. Yep, that's it, fellas. This has been a joy. This is just uh, this has been so fun. Fills me up to to experience you guys and to experience your positivity. Um, grateful for the friendships and hope we can do it again. Can't I wait. Hope so too. All right. Take boom, care, y'all. Like a like a boom. <laughs> Adios. All right, boys. <laughs>